Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive second division preview of the week. The first one, which we released yesterday, was unbelievably fun to record. I have high hopes for this as well. Andy, you ready to tackle the NFC West tonight? Yes, high hopes indeed. We both said that when we got done. That was so much fun. Really, really think we really think we nailed it, even though we didn't take any super hard stands. But I think we made a lot of good points, a lot of good nuggets, and hopefully we can do seven more just like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, going into the last yesterday's, I was intending to be a lot softer than we ended up being on some of those teams. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how our discussion of the NFC West helps flesh out some thoughts I have about this division because, I, you know, honestly, like, I don't have a real horse in this race who I feel super strongly about. Um, but I do see all of these numbers out there on the Rams. And I'm just like, this is ludicrous. Like this team is absolutely going to take a step back. So somebody has to take a step forward. Uh, and honestly, like my cap for this NFC West for this season is kind of like process of elimination. And I don't know if that's the best way to go about it. But uh, there's got to be value beyond the Rams here. We just have to find that. Um, do you get the same sense that I have that uh, it's time to, to pull the plug on the Rams? Or am I getting caught up in the, the narrative surrounding Super Bowl hangover? And the Super Bowl hangover is real. But I think you, you, know, you can't use it as like your main basis. Sometimes doesn't it just feel like you get caught up in it? Yeah. You get caught up in a, a team that everybody's fading, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm low on the Rams. When when just enough people say the same thing, it just starts to get – you get gaslit into it. Like, yeah. Because at first, like, when I started doing the – you know, doing a little research before we record the pod here, it's like, you know what, I'm kind of low on the Rams. But, I mean, just looking at it, I don't know if there's – a, a ton of reasons to be like really low. Like a, obviously a regression could happen, but even a regression, I mean, they were 13 and three and they went to the Super Bowl. I don't, it's super hard to, you know, go to the Super Bowl again. Uh, I guess the Patriots did it the uh, last two years, but it's not like I could, I could picture them regressing to like a seven, eight win team. You know, I can't see like a hard regression. There are some serious warning signs. There's some big problems. I've got some written down here, but uh, I think yeah, I think some of it is just the the wisdom of the crowd getting into our head, and we're, we're kind of going going along with the lemmings there, jumping off the cliff and calling the Rams dead, even though you know they. I mean, what we'll just start picking the big problems? The girly arthritis thing. And they drafted yeah. a they drafted a running back. I mean, even That's CJ, not, I wouldn't even start there. just yeah. throwing him in from the yeah, throwing him in from bringing him in from a YMCA. He looked fine. Like the, yeah, the rush okay. offense so is going to be fine. I mean, there's a lot of things to. There's still a lot of things to like about this team. They're still going to be a good team. They are. They should be the favorites. I don't know if they should be as high of a favorite to win the you know win the conference or win the Super Bowl as they are. I think that's where I'm standing right now. Okay. So a, so a team like the Bears, I feel like 
I'm on more of the okay, wow, the fade train, you know, the the momentum is real. Like I'm I don't know that I felt this way, but I'm starting to feel this way with everything I'm hearing and the way people are talking about this, the way the market is shifting. Like that the Bears kind of feel more like that to me than the Rams. Like the Rams, like I don't want to get caught up in the hype surrounding Super Bowl hangovers, even though I agree with you in a general sense, there are a lot of kind of unimpeachable aspects to it that are real, you know, tangible, actionable angles beyond just the fact that it's a narrative surrounding, oh, they're going to have a hangover. Um, But, you know, I I do see some clear and obvious warning signs surrounding this team. Uh, And, you know, whereas a team like the Colts we talked about yesterday, who clearly have the best you know, coach, quarterback, and and general manager in their division, I don't think you can really say that clearly about the Rams. Um, I don't really have a great long-term outlook for the Jared Goff era. Um, There are parts of Sean McVay's coaching resume that he put on film for us last year in high-leverage moments that I didn't like. Uh, There are moves that GM Les Snead has made that have been pretty questionable giving Todd Gurley that, you know, that contract and putting them in a situation where they have this excessively thin uh, roster. You know, like there are a lot of red flags surrounding this Rams team, this Rams organization. Yeah. That's a um, super good point. And you know, their schedule's the, not great. The Gurley, yeah. the Gurley thing is so bad. Like, yeah. and maybe not this year, but just looking forward looking. Yeah. Like, you know, I brought up the Gurley arthritis and, him possibly just never being a bell cow again, but probably the biggest problem with Gurley is his contract status. It's not awful. It's bad this year, but he's set to make like 20 million next year. I mean, that's like mid range quarterback money. That's, (laughs) that's kind of, that's kind of a, I mean, that's kind of a problem for roster construction. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, He's going to be making like what four is, times their window. Their window salary. might be closing. What is what is what is uh, yeah. what is Todd Gurley's salary for this year relative to Pat Mahomes? <laughs> Out of curiosity, it's yeah, got to be like. I, I think it's Gurley. like it's nine or ten million. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a big it's number. A, it's a pretty big issue. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, I, I generally tend to poo-poo people who are like, "Oh, they're going to be in cap jail, blah blah blah, salary cap, blah blah blah," because there are so many creative ways to maneuver yourself around the cap um, that it probably isn't going to be. You know, it's probably not going to be a first-order deal. But you know, you can't help but look at this roster and look at some of the key positions and see where they've where where players have moved on and what you know where players have have entered and think that must have been a money decision right and so let's let's kind of let's step back for a second though and kind of recap what we saw with the rams last year you mentioned yeah. their win loss I mean, they, they was, went all in yeah they went, went all, all in in the in, in the off season yeah they went 13 and 3 uh after coming off of an unimpressive playoff performance first ever playoff game for jared goff was awful the previous season uh they came they bounced back is that the falcons um, that was the Falcons at home. It was horrible. Oh horrible. God, yeah. Uh, they came back that. and they were they were you know halfway through the season. You know, remember you remember the Rams uh, Rams Chiefs um, 
game that they played in LA where the Rams won by three, what, 52 49 or something awesome. I can't even remember what that score was. But at that point, they were heading into their bye, and it was like, okay, this is the best team in the league. Like they, they were on fire. They were beating everyone. Uh, they weren't covering a lot of spreads. Like they were a pretty public team. They were getting, you know, pretty inflated lines, and you could kind of sniff out some dog opportunities against them. Most notably, Seattle uh, were a couple of great bets against them uh, to cover. Um, and you know, they they a little bit kind of started sputtering, started leaking oil down the stretch. They stunk. They stunk against the Bears in cold weather. Uh, they stunk out loud. Stunk yeah. out loud. Yeah, they did not perform well defensively against the Saints on the road. Um, I definitely got caught up on the wrong side of the Rams in both of those games, which was annoying. Um, and then come the postseason, I really was, you know, I, I kind of had been poisoned on them. I was like, yeah. Like they, you know, they're a year, year away, you know, a couple years away. Like, you know, this, this, they're not as good as the saints. They're going to have to go back through new Orleans. We, we already saw what happened when they went down there. They, they, they pooped the bed. So I, I was not really bullish on them kind of making a super bowl run. Lo and behold, rather than hosting the bears, thanks to the double doink, they hosted the Cowboys Whoa. and the Cowboys rolled out a poor game plan uh, against the the Rams and the Rams surprised the world with CJ Anderson, human bowling ball, uh, and rolled their way to a win, a cover, a second half over. That was maybe my favorite win of the whole playoffs. That scope hit was so huge. I was so happy. It was relatively lucky, but it was so fun. Uh, and, um, you know, they, they come away with the victory at home. They get the first playoff win for golf. And I kind of figured, okay, well that's, that's good. Good for them. Uh, they head into the Big Easy, and they're going to be the sacrificial lambs in the NFC title game. Oh, contraire. Not so fast, my Monster. friend. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the Sean Payton game plan stunk out loud in the NFC title game. He was not aggressive. He did not try to put the Rams on their heels. He did not try to get the crowd into the game. Uh, instead, they kind of uh, traded body blows and tried to win on. They tried to win by points uh, in in a in a boxing match instead of going for an early knockout, which was Wait, what they should have done. You disagree? You hit on a theme there, and it's no, but you hit on a theme, and it really has me thinking. Like the twelve best teams get into the playoffs. It should be. I mean, it's not always, but twelve very good teams make the playoffs. And we've already talked about two games where coaches came in with just really bad game plans. And then, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about them in a minute, but the Seattle playoff game. <laughs> yeah, there was a third. I mean, no, I mean, not yeah. all that, but the, the Seattle, well, there's a third and a fourth. The Seattle playoff game against, yeah. uh, was it, yeah, against Dallas. That was yeah. awful. awful. And then they come awful. out in the second half and just run, run, run some more. And then, really, the Super Bowl. I mean, the Rams yes. game plan, they, yeah, they kind of got away point. from things that worked. Like, it's crazy how many awful game plans we're gonna have to talk about in the playoffs, but yeah, yeah, that was a, and, and all, honestly, all those games. crazy endings. Jesus, did the better all team lose all games, those for games? Sure, it was. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know the super the Super Bowl should still. It, I mean, the Super Bowl I still felt was like a pick 'em, and I mean, yeah, it was a 50 50 game for sure. He got out foxed. Yeah, right, right, right. Sometimes um, you get okay. out foxed. Okay, so yeah, so the. You know, the, it's even still like they got by the Saints 
uh, thanks to probably one of the poorest clear, officiated clear no plays. One of the poorest – is that the poorest officiated single play that you can remember in NFL history? Uh, I don't know. From the that, fail Mary? That, the fail Mary was bad. But it was a meaningless game. <laughs> I know game. this was pretty bad. <laughs> I know it was. It was, very, was yeah, this bad. was the end. Yeah, this yeah. was the end of a high leverage playoff game. And yeah, it was pretty clear. And like, was... seriously, you know, I've, I've gotten over it. I've gotten over most of my Saints hate. But like, it, it is rough. Like, I'm sorry, Saints fans, I guess we'll get to you eventually. But yeah, that, they've had some rough playoff exits. And that, uh, that, that was right. Up. That, that might be yeah. the roughest, the one of the roughest playoff eggs in all time. So that one sucks. We won't dwell on that too much. But uh, I mean, getting lucky is part of the game too. Yeah. So sure. And, sure. and it's not like it's not like the the it's not like they were clearly the much much better team like that. I had that game kind of. I, I really didn't know who's going to win that one. I didn't yeah, really but, have you a, know, a strong Saints, opinion on that either. Saints did not. And, but I, what you said with manage, uh. Yeah. No. no, no, but what, what you said about uh, just kind of the Rams down the stretch, and it's almost like what we talked about right at the open about how we got, you know, gaslighted into thinking the Rams regression is happening. Like, going into the playoffs, it was the same thing. We're, we're kind of going along with everybody. Like, I don't know. The Rams don't the Rams don't really do it for me, even though they got 13 wins. Yeah, and I, and mean, I think it starts with the quarterback. It starts with the quarterback. Like, Jared Goff is what number of quarterback in the NFL? 16, 20 to 15. Yeah. I mean, like, like he's in, he's solidly in the middle, right? Like, I don't think I would take, could take anyone seriously to put together a list of quarterbacks and, and put him in the top 10. Did I lose you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, I had a stat on him. Yeah. I mean, obviously way more impressive than his year. Under under Jeff Fisher, but he still has a ton of improvement. His uh, I think it was from Warren Sharp. I got this one. Like he's a clear home and away split guy. He's twenty two and four touchdowns, interceptions at home, eleven and ten on the road. Like you have to have better road play than that. I guess if you're just gonna horse your way through all the home games and beat up on some divisional foes and still get ten twelve wins, whatever. But. <sighs> You do need to be a little better on the road. I don't know if he's hit a ceiling. I guess I'd love your opinion on that. Do you think he's kind of capped out? Can we see any more improvement, or is this the golf? This is the best golf we can get. Yeah. Um, man, it, that is the million dollar question. I mean, you know, we asked, we, we bring up, you know, we brought up the Bears in the similar light. Like the, the Bears and the Rams are kind of on the trajectory that like the Titans were on with Marcus Mariota, right? Like they invested a ton of draft capital in their quarterback of the future. And they've gotten some gains in like playoff, you know, playoff uh, appearances out of it. But like, is this guy good enough to be a top tier quarterback in the NFL? Can he make another step forward? And I'm buyer beware on that. Like I'm not buying necessarily that Jared Goff is going to take a leap and be, you know, light the world on fire. And like, you know, he he's getting I guess I ascribe a decent portion of his success to good game planning and well developed offensive scheme in terms of route running, in terms of 
utilizing parts of the field where your quarterback can make the, the make the passes, make the reads, and challenge the defense, right? Like the Rams, what they do well offensively, in my opinion, is utilize more of the field and they run out of um they run out of formations where you don't know it's coming right so rather than stack up line up run yeah. to stack box they're lining up in a formation that makes you think they're going to pass and then they run and vice versa and so that kind of misdirection is useful and it probably will continue to be successful uh the same with kind of the way they scheme passes like it's going to be tough. It, we, you know, we, we thought maybe like teams would catch up and adjust to Sean McVay's system after one year of success two seasons ago, but they sure as hell didn't last year. And we hear a lot of you know people kind of you know banging the drum like, okay, teams are gearing up more for nickel and dime looks. They're going to have more cornerbacks on the field. They're going to be able to cover more of those areas. Maybe that manifests as a more difficult time for Jared Goff. I, it's really tough to say. Uh, the one thing that I think is pretty fair to come at him and expect regression is his ability to perform under pressure and combine that with the observation that the two key pieces in the middle of the Rams offensive line have turned over from last year to this year. They have a new center. They have a new starting guard that has red flag written all over it. Um, Granted, Jared Goff is a capable quarterback rolling out of the pocket. Uh, they like to put him on the bootleg. They like to put him on the move. They give him opportunities to succeed that way. But if he's rolling out of the pocket fast and furiously, maybe that takes away part half of the field sometimes. Maybe that entices him into throwing the ball away or, or making the mistake in the passing game instead of being you know, making the right read. And you know, I, I do see some potential for him to take a step back in terms of his offensive efficiency and his you know his added you know a- added win probability in the passing game that uh, on the basis of just he's not going to have as much time up the middle. Teams are going to be able to put pressure on him up the middle this year. Do you agree with that? Uh, I think I think McVay is smart enough to scheme to that. And, I mean, just having the two stud tackles, I, I mean, don't you think it's way more important? I mean, guards are important. We've seen – I mean, we talked about it yesterday uh, with Quentin Nelson and Indy, what what a, a really solid guard can do for you. But I guess I would 10 times out of 10 take a little bit of suspect in the garden center than than having shitty tackles. And they yeah, have sure. solid tackles. It, it, I don't know. It just seems like – and I'm not an offensive line coach. I don't run offensive plays, but – I'm gonna have to look into this. I guess talk to somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about. But, I, I mean, bring, bringing examples. in you no, know, bringing in blocking. I mean, just bringing in, bringing in running backs to block for pressure up the middle seems like it's gonna be a lot easier than defending people coming around the edge because your tackles just a a freaking swinging gate. And Whitworth and I can't think of the other guy. Haven't Havenstein? Uh, I mean, obviously Andrew Whitworth, Havenstein uh, studs. Hot- yeah, um, right. and and it also it's hard to. I I haven't really looked at who the replacements are in the middle there. They have virtually no. The they, we, we we don't know. We have no fucking clue. The, like we've never seen these yeah. guys play. They could be oh, Roger Saffold. Level. They could be worse. He he retired. He's gone. He gone. He gone. Um, Brian Allen is their new center. Um, yep. Yep. Whitworth, fr- Whitworth and Havenstein are the Sullivan two tackles, and, and they're fine. Um, yeah. These these other guys, Note Bloom and and uh, and Allen, we know nothing. 
about uh, how well they're going to be able to integrate into the uh, into the starting offensive line for this team. Um, and you know, I mean, I think back, I can give you three anecdotal examples of where the center and guard mattered a ton. And there's probably I, I can probably go more, but for sure, I remember uh, Vikings three seasons ago when they had Sammy Bradford back there and they had no center and then they upgraded their center position, Pat, Pat Elfline in the draft and immediately, yeah. immediately changed their fortunes. You gave Case Keenum time to pass and he looked like a totally different, they, you know, they had a totally different offense. That was an obvious one. Go back a little farther. Same sort of situation with the Falcons, the Falcons and Matt Ryan never really kind of put it together as an offense until they brought in uh, Alex. What's his name at center? Uh, all all world center. I can't remember his last name right now. It's escaping me. Um, yeah, but but I mean, how were the fun. tackle situations in those? I think they were and, fine. Like they were also, great, but like, like they were there's, okay. There's going to be yeah. regression. I don't. I don't know. I follow the Vikings. I don't know if we've had a good offensive line for quite a while. Jesus, it's been an issue. But anyway, Alex there Mack will be regression on the offense. I don't. I don't know if you can not have regression on the offensive line from just how dominant it was, especially with the offensive, you know, the, the rushing offense. So, I, I mean, even if you brought that, and, and I do a, a good quote, and I can't remember whose it was. They said much, much more than talent. And he says, talent, don't get me wrong, talent, talent's important. you got to be talented to play in the NFL. He said that the talent level, the gap, isn't huge from the best to the worst. Everybody's still an NFL-level player. It's like He's like, just getting an offensive line to play with the same five guys – over and over and over. Because that makes such a big difference. Continuity is way more important than talent level a lot of the time. Mm. And he says, but, you know, obviously talent doesn't hurt. So, I mean, that, so you're running into both. You're dropping in talent and obviously you lose some continuity there. Yeah. Um, I will also point out one I, thing. I mean, that I guess the analytics... we see some problems in golf. How yeah, is golf under pressure? Not great. Stats? He's not great. Not great. He's not great. He's in the bottom half of the league <laughs> under pressure. Um, I don't have any stats, but he's in the bottom half for sure. Um, I will also tell you this, though, that um, the analytics community has taught us a little bit on pass blocking and run blocking and the value of an O-line this offseason. And clearly, if you have a quarterback that can get the ball out of his hand quickly, uh, you can neutralize the pass rush. In fact, you don't necessarily need a good pass blocking offensive line if you have a guy like tom brady for instance who can you know get ball out of his hand in two seconds no one's ever going to touch him right and in in general the correlation between offensive line strength and running efficiency for a team is like one-to-one versus like you know there's like a very light correlation between pass blocking and passing efficiency if given you have the right quarterback mm -hmm. who can make a good decision quickly and get the ball out of his hands quickly i don't know that golf is that guy and so, you know, I mean, if I'm, if I'm, just no, that, that's of, what I was saying about his ceiling, like he might be at his ceiling that might not continue to improve that. That might be the best golf you're ever going to get. Um, so, I mean, if you see regression on the offensive line, you might see some regression in the great, great run offense. If Gurley's a little hurt and your, your replacement level guys aren't getting that great pass or that great blocking up front, that's going to regress. If Goff's getting more pressure, he can regress. Uh, they recovered 70% of their fumbles, which is high. <laughs> that's oh, probably yeah. going to regress. And, uh, you know, the and the contract situation isn't getting any better. Um, and then just uh, another thing I had written down, too, is 
Oh, I mean, they, they let go of Sue. They brought in some younger talent on the defense, moving over there, and then added Clay Matthews. So, like, just thinking about, like, what they did in the offseason two years ago compared to this offseason, it just feels really not icky, but, man, it's just like, what a letdown. In obviously, you can't go do that every year. You could never afford to go get all those players every year, but. If you're a Rams fan, you know, last offseason, ah, we went and got everybody. We we're all excited. This is it. We're all in. And then this year, we got uh, super old Clay Matthews, and hopefully our kicker stays healthy. <laughs> He's good, man. He's good. They had four different guys kick field goals last year. That's, That's not a, a recipe for success in close games. No. Oh, well, there's injuries. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, yeah so, I mean, what's the, the, the overall guess, take then? Yeah. I get, yeah. So the defensive side of the ball, I have to give it to them. They have clearly the best player in the league, Aaron Donald, and it's not close. Like there's, oh, you know, sure. you have to you have to go way back into the annals to find another defensive player who was as impactful in any given season as Aaron Donald was last year. He was a human wrecking ball. The problem is he made so many um, just absolutely ex- explosive blow up plays. You can't actually find a great year-over-year correlation for that when it's that extreme. Does that make sense? Like, if you go back in time and you look at the true outliers from, like, from the from the explosive plays in defense, and you look at year-over-year correlation, it's not great. There's almost certainly going to be some regression on that. It may be because the defense overall is not quite as deep, or it's not quite as dynamic a line without Sue there. It's possible. Um, you know, but you know, and, and it may just be that, you know, it was such an incredible performance that it's just not duplicatable, right? Like Pat Mahomes might not pass as well this year, but it might not be because, you know, his talent has changed. It just might be because last year was so outrageous that it's just damn hard to duplicate that. That might be what we were talking about with Aaron Donald this year. Uh, and if he slides in any way, shape or form, then the defense is a little bit vulnerable. Um, they have some okay coverage in Nakib Tlaib and, and Peters, but those guys are getting older. Peters, I don't know if I'll feel how great I feel about his coverage skills anyway. He's more of a ball hawk and can't necessarily, you know, can't necessarily give you 16 outstanding games of coverage like other corners in the league can. So, you know, there, there are, there are a couple of potential signs that the defense is not going to be as great. Uh, definitely the offensive line scares me. Goff scares me. Sean McVay. I don't love the way that he called games in key moments at all down the stretch. 23 yard field goal. In spite of poor decision-making like, does he take a step forward in terms of making better decisions or is that in his DNA now? Yeah, that was, that was rough. Like we, you know, you sing a guy's praises all year. He's up there in that, you know, in that high echelon of the him and Shanahan and uh, who's the Eagles coach. That I can't think of right now. The Doug Visor. Peterson. Yeah. Doug, Doug Peterson, Doug, you know, just the yeah. guys, the Frank guys that Reich, are yeah. ahead of the curve. Frank Reich, yeah, these guys. And then he goes out there and just spits in the face of the <laughs> analytics community who's been by kicking, yeah. you know, your 23-yard field goals and, yeah. you know, punting on four. There was a couple of situations where it's just like, this is super out of character for him. And it just felt like, it always felt like the shoe was about to drop. Like one of these is going to cost him. Yeah, it, it, it it's such a you know such a thin margin in the playoffs, and honestly, it never did really. It's just a you know the, that one pass that the, in the in the Super Bowl that I mean they could have been leading at one point there. 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The, I mean, the Super Bowl is more of the overall game plan, I think. They didn't yeah. have a lot of that. But they overthought I, it. Which yeah. game was that? That they kicked that super short field goal. That was Dallas. Just, Dallas. That was true. They, they flubbed the Dallas game. Yeah, that they, was they, etched they left, into my mind. Yeah, there was a lot of aggressiveness that they that they left to be desired out of their their play calling. And um, it didn't end up costing them. But they, you know, they won in spite of some bad decisions. Uh, that was kind of a theme all year, really, in close games for them. But, uh, you know, it's it's it, it's too early to say that Mc, a guy like McVay won't be humbled by their Super Bowl performance and learn and get better as a coach out of all that. Although I need to see it to believe it because he's, you know, it's 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 tough to to completely rewire your decision making on those sort of things. I've seen. Um, so uh, let's talk schedule real quick, and then let's uh, let's give a final take here. Um, I don't love their schedule. Their schedule looks damn freaking tough. I think the the um, the fact that they're road favorites week one at Carolina is a little perplexing. Do you think that's a decent spot for Carolina? That that line feels about right. I mean, you have okay. to give them respect as as the NFC champions, and even in a road game against, you know, what what's slated to be a middle of the pack team. Even if, you know, I'm a little higher on Carolina, and certainly I know other people are too. But that, that feels just about right. But yeah, looking at the beginning of the schedule outside of that Tampa game, it's it's kind of rough ones. going into the bye. Four tough ones. Yeah, four and four tough road games, and then New Orleans, San Francisco at home. And then a travel to the UK. Yeah, that's right. A, right. And then right. Pittsburgh out of the bye. Yeah, this is this is kind of a shitty schedule. It's tough. It is tough. They've been put in a number of disadvantaged spots. Um, they're going to have a lot of coin flip games. Uh, I don't see more than three or four games before before week thirteen. Let's say let's kind of use their um, let's use work week thirteen as kind of the the demarcation here. There's only two games there where they're going to be touchdown favorites, right? Almost every one of those other games, they're going to be coin flips. Yeah. Those are the only two. Uh, Every other game is going to be within, you know, inside a field goal, which, you know, effectively we're saying they're all coin flip games, right? How many is that, by the way? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight nine they have nine coin flip games two where they should get relatively straightforward wins out of their first 11 games like that's tough that is tough when your win total is double you're expected to win double digit games that is tough when you're in a very potentially a very competitive division uh i you know i i really think that the you know the the stupid Super Bowl hangover narrative could catch hold here if you know they lose half of their coin flips, right? Like if like how many of those, uh, you know how I guess out of those eleven games, if they are two games above five hundred, or I guess it would only be one game above five hundred because there's eleven. But if they are six and five, would that surprise you? Not really, right? No, I mean they they are all just coin flip games. Looking at that, and I mean the road games are going to be super tough. And if they start if they start slow, and honestly, this might be a reason to back them if you still believe. If they do have some slip ups, let's say at Carolina, at Cleveland, I mean starting zero and three isn't like super wild. 
no, at it's not Cleveland, at, at Carolina, at home, home to New, home to New Orleans. Like none of those are easy. No, that no. would be a, a super buy spot. Like <laughs> they'd beat Tampa. I would own. You know, a lot of people are super high on Tampa as a <laughs> yeah. I don't know. As a nice, uh, you know, that this could really. Boy, have we talked ourselves into the six Rams? <laughs> I kind of, I kind of am. What's the lowest alt they got? Oh, it's not that low, certainly. Eight and a half. Oh, Rams, get. Rams, Rams. Under, under eight and a half is plus one eighty-five. Yeah, see, you can that's, get that's, almost that's two to one at. if you think that the that's that's where I'm at. The circa, the circa number was even better, by the way. The circa number under. I have to go look it up, but the circuit number was just bananas. Awesome. It was like plus two fifty five for under nine. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my uh that's my favorite look really of all the win totals at any place I've seen shopping around. Under nine at circa plus two fifty five. Um what I think we did say too, like uh, again, it's going to be this was something we talked off air because obviously yesterday was AFC, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a really heavy race for the for the NFC wild card. Like there could be a shitload of teams in there. You can get Rams to not make playoffs at plus 270. Oh. Like cuz what what's cuz let, let's say you think they're an 8 and 8 team, under yeah. 8 and a half pays 185, plus 270 to not make playoffs. Like, if you honestly think they're an 8 or 9 win team, plus 270 is pretty sexy. Dude, because this is huge. I think there's going to be some there'll be some there'll be some 9 win teams that get left out. It's okay. going to be a mess at the quick five and thought, six. Seed. Quick, quick thought, of, thought exercise. Um, how many wins? How many wins is it going to take to get a wild card in the NFC? I mean, the NFC is pretty freaking deep. I got to say, it's pretty deep. Yeah, you I got two teams. I, I think it'll east. be nine and ten. You got, you got two teams in the east that are threatening. You got three teams in the north that are threatening. You got three teams in the south at least that are threatening. I, I it's gonna is does so does. Can we can we effectively rule out the West from having um, a wild card team? I think we kind of can. Yeah, and that, that and that's exactly where I, I would take this because I don't let let's say let's say and we'll get to that. We should get to them soon. Jesus, we spent a lot of time in the Rams, but if, if you think the to. Niners, we it, yeah, no, we did. And, and if the if you if like your thought process here is Seattle or the Niners take the division, I don't think you can peg either of those as like 12, 13 win teams. Yeah, it's true. It's like, true. I, 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 I'm not seeing like, oh, you know, the Rams had a nice 11-win season and they're going to be a wild card just because no. uh, a super outlier performance by one nope. of the other ones. Nope. Like, if no the Rams way. don't that make the so playoffs. Low that is yeah. so low likelihood. Yeah. Yes. So that's where I, I like that plus 270. Yes, I, I do too. That might be my favorite think, bet we've yeah, talked the, the about true, so far. <laughs> the true, yeah, the true wild card races will be between, you know, whoever doesn't win the North out of those three and whoever doesn't win the South out of the three or possibly four teams. Right, competing with Dallas, South. potentially. Or Philly. Yeah, I mean, like, it's going to be... It's gonna be uh, maybe not yeah. Dallas. Oh, okay, well, you know, they're going to be in the conversation because the <laughs> Spoiler Giants... Spoiler alert. Giants, oh, they <laughs> the will. The Redskins are so bad, but yeah. Anyway, um, okay, yeah. so so the um, the bottom line, really, as far as I can tell you, is I think nine or ten wins gets you the West, and I think that's your four seed. I really do. I, I don't love really any of these teams. I'm not in love with them. I really think that the Rams' potential for a step back is very real, um, and not to make the playoffs a plus two seventy is, is staring me in the face. 
staring me in the face. I like I like I still like under nine at the circa uh, at plus two fifty five a little better, but that's in that's already that's already uh, um, you know that's not accessible to everyone. Uh, not to make the playoffs plus two seventy. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, we're just gonna have to go Ooh, right down to Fremont. No, no, because what month. we do is because what we do is they start zero and three, and we buy Rams to win the West. Game over. That is that is yep. that is a beautiful. That is beautiful. Um, okay, uh, so if not the Rams, <laughs> then who <laughs> is really kind if of? If not, then who? If not, if not them, then who? Um, someone has to win the West. I've in our lifetimes, there's been an eight and eight winner in the West. Uh, by the way, and a, or a seven. There's been a seven and nine win. Seven and nine, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> and then they, and yeah, and then they won the playoff game. They won their playoff like, game. Was everybody the made a big. Lynch, the, everybody the had the big. Yes. The the the, the beast. Everybody quake. had the biggest fucking clamor about. Oh, maybe we should change the rules. So you have to, you know, the, there was talk about that from the stupid people that write stupid articles about stupid things. Said, so, you know, we should change the rules. They shouldn't be in the playoffs. And then they go beat the, I think, the Saints, which was hilarious. And that was quite the run. I can, that's one of those where you can remember where you were. Because I remember oh, yeah. that. Like, holy oh, yeah. shit. So, <clears throat> well, let's let's talk about the Move Seahawks. down to Seattle? Since, since you're talking about yes. the Seahawks and beast mode and, and, uh, and the, you know, the, you know, Marshawn Lynch not walking through that door. Uh, and who's their running backs? What's the running back situation? What's going on with this coaching staff? Oh, a like lot of, of questions. I mean, more, I mean, you know, because we are so in, you know, so in touch, in tune with NFL analytics Twitter, which is weirdly disproportionately Seahawks fans. I'll never understand that, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy how much hand wringing you see over how poor the offensive strategy is of Brian Schottenheimer and Pete Carroll and his staff. Uh, and you know, it's it's. But you watch the you watch the games, and it completely jives with what the analytics guys are saying about this team. And it is that their number one criticism is they are too predictable. They run too. Often on oh, early yeah. long downs, if they have an incompletion on first down, they are almost always running it on second down. And those running plays on second down into stack boxes are such disasters. The most disastrous yeah, play I've, in all of football. Yeah, if if you don't if you don't follow some of the analytics stuff and a lot of it I mean, some of it can be pretty dense and boring to read, but I think uh, this is from Warren Sharp. And, I mean, just everything we read and everything you just said, I mean, if you follow along, you know this about Seattle. But this was super telling. When you can put stats to some of these, it's just amazing. It says, they were the league's run, the heaviest run team in the league. Run heaviest team. The only team to pass on at least, or pass on less than 52% of their plays as a whole. And then on first half, first downs, the league averages 51% pass. Seattle averaged did 40. And then on all early downs, they were the only team to pass less than 45%. And if you if you just look at that, be like, you know, yeah, they, they don't pass a lot on early downs and first downs. They're a run-heavy team. So that if you want to go look at other teams that are similar, like the next team's up. It was Buffalo, Jacksonville, and Tennessee who had a shitload of problems at quarterback. And this is where Warren Sharp is going with this in the excerpt I'm paraphrasing. Those teams had huge liabilities at quarterback. 
whereas Seattle has, you know, an MVP candidate back there, yet they still decide that this is the strategy they want to go with. It kind of makes you think if you just brought in a whole different group of play callers and switch yeah. things around, I mean, would they just be a way better offense? Because despite yes, all this, I despite think they it would. all, they were a playoff they have a top team. five quarterback. They have a top clear top five Oh, for sure. Russell Wilson, top five quarterback. That's what, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And I guess, do you get any sense that the message is getting through to them? Like, is the din loud enough of people clamoring for them to improve their approach that they are finally going to get it fixed? You get any whiff of that? Oh no, no. They they have they have like nine running backs on the on the staff. <laughs> like they're gonna run the ball a lot. They're and gonna that, establish that was another. By, they're gonna establish the runner die trying, and we may. Well, see and them the other thing too year. is Baldwin retired. DK Metcalf can't run a route. Like their their receiving core is kind of rough. So they're. They're going to have to rely on some of these running packs to be lining up in the slot or catching balls out of the backfield. Ed Dixon is hurt now. Like, eh, that's, that is my biggest concern is not only do they want to be this running team and they continue to work that way, but they, they are going to struggle with some of the, just the roster they have in the receiving core. It's, it could yeah. be kind of rough. I, I'm really interested to see what they try to do as far as a passing game because – it's uh, it's kind of issue right now. It is. It's just, it's it's uh, it's troublesome, to say the least. Uh, and uh, offensive line, you think that in any way, shape, or form they've addressed the woes that have now been haunting this unit for like four years? I mean, I just reading up on it a little. They weren't as bad, but I they mean, did addition by easier. subtraction, getting rid of Tom. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and they run so damn much. You're not going to give up as many sacks when you're running like half the time. Um, I mean, yeah. some of the drafting has been silly. The, you know, the Rashad Penny draft, that's still that was a, a bad one. Bad for me. But I mean, Penny, Carson, and then probably McKissick, they're going to roll through those guys. I don't know who's going to start. I don't know who's going to get the most touches. I, I mean, it'll be between Penny and Carson probably, but. Uh, I think, you know, I think I think just maybe that's kind of hiding some of it, where they they just have such a rush rush heavy distribution that maybe the line yeah, okay. didn't look as bad last year. But it's still it's still not you know it's still not going to be a good offensive line. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, okay, so but t- so to to kind of fill out the the positives column. Besides the fact that they have a top five quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they Besides still have that, the Legion of Boom, yeah, so we're not worried. <laughs> we'll get there in a second. The, the two positives are, number one, they have a legit quarterback for the NFL in today's NFL. Number two, they have a legit home field advantage. In fact, they went 10-6 and six last Very. year, largely on the basis of going 6-2 and two at home. They were only 4-4 four and four on the road. Some of their home wins, including their win over Kansas City, were inspired. Uh, and I don't think they get those pick up those wins on the road. Um, and you know, so, so those are real, and you have to factor those into a win total. And, and Russell Wilson, for whatever reason, beyond just the fact that he's had a good team around him, uh, generally in his career, and that he's a good quarterback, period, uh, he's guys wins nine, ten games every year. Like that's just kind of in his DNA, he knows how to win. Okay, so the question then is, is the talent around him depreciated enough? 
that we think eight and eight is their ceiling this year because I'm looking at this defensive depth chart and it is one giant yikes. There are a lot of holes. Yeah. There is Earl Thomas is it's... gone. The the you know the likes of Bobby Wagner and um, you know and and some of KJ the other Wright. KJ Wright like those guys are injury. Yes. W- w- they are injury waiting to happen. They are old for this earth. Uh, not old for this earth, but old for <laughs> this NFL. <laughs> Uh, yeah. They have a player who has a who has an insider trading sentencing hearing, like partway through the season. <laughs> on the, like that's part of an issue. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It it could be, it it will be it'll be kind of a weird adjustment to just not not have this. I mean, it's been it's been a few years coming. It's not like it's been all of a sudden. It's slow, but it's been kind of weird. For yeah. Seattle to not have this high-end defense, high-end defensive backs, and then just—I mean, up and down it. They're inexperienced. They have a lot of replacement-level players. It's yes, this, yeah. Lot. This is outside of the, outside of the the offensive, like the the receiver, outside of the receiver depth and skill level. I guess this is the super big concern is the defense. Yeah, Trey Flowers, right cornerback, is is stinks out loud. Shaquille Griffin has been a bust as far as what was expected of him. Their safeties. Did you see who their two starting safeties are? Someone named Brad McDougal uh, and someone named Tedrick Thompson. Okay, let's let's let's. I'm gonna I'm Ted, gonna come back T-Tops. a little bit. Ted Thompson. Uh, Ted Thompson did a poor job general managing the Packers, and he's going to be a absolutely brutal weakness at free safety for the Seahawks. Um, but the the uh, the point I want to make, I guess here to be a little bit cautious of how negative I am on the Seahawks team. They the coaching staff has a knack for developing talent and, you know, taking good and making it great, taking okay, making it good when it comes to linebackers and coverage in the backfield. Like they can, they can do impressive things. They've coached up guys in the past. So I, I want to be prepared to change my opinion on this unit as we see them play throughout the season. But for sure, I'm not expecting them to be, you know, a, a, a ball hawking, uh, pass stopping force out of the gate. Uh, these Seahawks are going to get passed on. They're going to give up passing yards early in the season. And oh, lo and behold, who's on their uh, who is on their schedule from a passing standpoint in the first five games of the season they got to they got to play tampa bay they got to play pittsburgh they got to play cleveland and they got to play the rams good luck covering mike evans uh juju smith schuster odell beckham jr and brandon cooks i I, you know that those those are going to be new New orleans is that their sixth game new orleans did i just not look quite far enough no oh yeah i was looking at i was looking at san francisco's sorry pittsburgh new orleans Rams, Cleveland are in their first six. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Atlanta, uh, so I mean, Atlanta's Tampa's on there. And, yeah, Tampa's on there. Off. They have a lot of elite wide receivers that they are going to be facing this year, and that unit is going to be tested uh, quite 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 impressively. Um, they have, have we liked number... anybody's schedule yet? Uh, are we just down on everyone's schedule? Like, ooh, this is a tough one. Another tough one. 
32 tough schedules against NFL teams. There's a couple. I think there will be. We'll, we'll find a few. Yeah, we we'll find covered, a few that have some you know, easier you know who stretches. Has, you know who has some amazing schedules? Wait until we do the AFC East pod. <laughs> that, that one is going to fucking blow your mind. I hate the Patriots this year, but I cannot find a way to get them under 12 wins. Like, it's it's absolutely insane. Um, uh, okay, so, the yes, the Seahawks – they play a number of very difficult passing offenses with elite receivers, and they do not have the cover corners this year. So it's going to be a lot tougher for them than it has been in years past uh, to get by, you know, with with the defensive side to kind of compensate for some of their less than stellar offensive play calling. And you know, I, I guess I'm not really getting involved in a Seattle under here. I just don't think they're the answer for who wins the NFC West if not the Rams. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you there. I wanted to finally be bullish on him because I'm always, I'm always fading him, and it, Russell Wilson makes me look silly year in year out. But yeah, with the the maybe the final death blows, the death knell of the Legion of Boom and the problems that they're going to have defensively, the insistence to run the ball and the possible inability to throw the ball due to the wide receiver core. I am yeah. I'm down on them this year, maybe seven, seven, eight, seven, eight wins. It's one of those ones where I still don't see them having just a disaster season. Russell Wilson is just going to magically get you a couple wins. It doesn't matter if they put you out at split end. Like they're still going to win. They're yeah, still going to win right. a few games just based on he he's MVP level player a few games a year. Yep. I agree. By himself. Um, agreed. Agreed. Uh, he does absolutely ridiculous stuff at the end of games to win games. It's so crazy to watch. Two years ago, you remember that Seahawks Texans game? That was unreal. Like yeah. you know, like the, he just pulls it out, rabbits out of his hat, and you know, making these unbelievable runs and passes late, late in games. It's impressive to watch. Um, you think uh, so? Their implied odds to win the NFC West are are uh, their break even probability is about twenty five percent. Does that seem right? To you, does that seem about right? Twenty five percent. Yeah, kind of does, right? Yeah, no, that feels pretty much spot on, bang on. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll get to we'll get to the let's let's move on to the Niners and then we'll circle back and kind of look at all the break even props and see if because because right now the Rams above you know anything above evens for them to win the NFC West seems ludicrous to me. Uh, the idea that they're I, I mean honestly I make them forty percent to win the West. So the fact that they would be implied probability of like 60% is crazy to me, but uh, which means the there's got to be value somewhere, but I don't see a ton of it with the Seahawks, um, which kind of leads us down this road. San Francisco 49ers underachieved like mothers last year, expected to win around eight games. They won four. Uh, most of that because they lost their darling yeah, quarterback. Let's give them a break. Uh, they lost their darling quarterback, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, in week three to an ACL on one of the dumber plays of the whole season. It was just silly, stupid. You saw it in real time, and you're like, did he just tear his ACL? Like, what the hell just happened? And, you know, they, they inject uh, – I can't – they didn't go directly to Mullins, right? Like, they had Hoyer for a little while or something? No, they did beat hard. They went, beat hard. That's Right. Yeah, the Iowa kid. Oh, uh, he was horrible. And then they inject. Remember, they, they, the, they throw there was Mullins a couple fun Mullins, Mullins was games. okay. Yeah, Mullins, and then Mullins, Mullins to kill, okay. baby. 
yeah, Mullins to Kittle was a good connection. Shanahan made made chicken salad out of chicken shit there for a couple of games, but they still only won four, uh, and they were really, really bad on the road. Um, and you know, a lot of the times when you have you know young, inexperienced, unproven quarterbacks, it's not crazy that they will be bad on the road. Um, but but zero uh, uh, and eight <laughs> is is not is not a good recipe it's, it's... for. It's not a good recipe. It's for, all uh, uphill from there. Well, they're they can't get any worse. Yeah, the the stat I had written down, and oh, it wasn't just bad. Jimmy G. You, you lose a, a quarterback, a running back, and a what was a starting corner, just like all yeah. right boom, away. Boom, boom. I mean, but yeah. even before the season, um, it, they were classified as the fourth most injured, and they okay. had the seventh toughest schedule. So I mean, Ooh. that's just. That's a recipe for four wins, I think. If you are one of the most injured teams and you have a super tough schedule, that's a super bad deal. Um, yeah. what, what, what was the other one? There? Oh, the, the, and the turnover margin. They were the worst. Yeah. Negative yeah. 25 for net turnover. Like that's, I mean, all of that stuff is just a super big recipe. There was, there was um, so they were negative 25 for turnover margin. Oof. That's net. That's factoring in the turnovers they garnered. This is this is this is from Warren Sharp. More than three quarters of the league didn't even have twenty-five total giveaways, let alone the margin that <laughs> bad. Like that's how bad they were on turnovers. Which I mean, you cycle in different quarterbacks and you have that many injuries and a tough schedule. Uh, that's that's probably gonna be there's a little correlation there, but hopefully there's still some some regression there. Yeah, that should be you know that's such a big part of the game. Even if yeah. they can get a little regression in the in that just by having some continuity at quarterback. Yeah, hopefully things get better. Fair to say I'm we believe in. Uh, fair to say we believe in uh, Kyle Shanahan as a coach. He's got the right oh, vision to lead a team in today's NFL. He hasn't done yeah, anything that we felt so. like. like he, he hasn't um, done anything that we've been like. Ugh, I don't know about that, Kyle. Uh, he he's generally been no. They know, they showed the he made some weird choices. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. With, uh, well, with with all the entries, like he made he made some he made some wild adjustments. Adjustments you shouldn't have to make. Oh sure. But okay. I, I can't remember where I read. I wish I'd have jotted that down. It was That's like, okay. and I can't. I think it was Football Outsiders. They said like he made these adjustments. And that's a good thing. Like that was a good sign. He realized like this is what I have to work with. I can't do anything else. Like this gives me my best opportunities to win with this team. And yeah. you know, they still didn't because they were they were so incredibly thin and beat up and the schedule is so tough. But um I think just reading that and what I've seen from him over the years, I still have faith in Shanny. You get him a healthy team, you get him some, you know, just take away some of that turnover luck, and I think we could have a, a really nice turnaround. Maybe even it won't be worse to first, just because okay. of the Cardinals. Well, let's get let's give their let's give their offensive line a passing grade. No red flags there. Oh, uh, for sure. Wide receivers a little weak. Uh, no clear on obvious standouts here. Uh, tight end A plus. George Kittle, nothing you don't love about that player. Uh, depth at running back. Pass catching abilities at running back, which is exciting, um, and uh, all universe fullback. <laughs> if that matters, yeah, um, and that, that and that's where like I kind of offset wins, some of the wide receiver stuff. Yeah, yeah. at least two wins. <laughs> that's right, you know, and with McKinnon and Coleman being pretty good uh, receiving backs, 
hopefully that takes some of the pressure off the younger and less experienced wide receiving core, Pettis, Goodwin, Kittle. Okay. I, McKinnon and Coleman should help a lot with that, especially since they're interchangeable and they're both pretty good. Okay, so that leads us to uh, Garoppolo. Jimmy G, let's assume he plays – he's coming off an ACL, which is always a little spooky. Uh, let's assume he plays 16 games this year, which, again, has he has no track record of. Uh, in the handful of games he was expected to carry the load while Tom Brady was suspended several years ago, he got injured in game one. He took a completely unnecessary hit that uh, I think dis- dislocated his shoulder. Um, and then he only played the handful of games at the end of the season when the Patriots traded him to the Niners. And then he got injured in game three. Uh, last year so a very clear obvious red flag as far as injury risk but let's just say for the sake of arguments that he plays 16 games what's the reasonable expectation for how well he performs do you think we've seen enough from him that we would could expect at least average quarterback performance across the league yeah i mean a health i i'm hoping for i don't want to be unrealistic about it i think there's some people that are but I think at least average. I think that's probably his floor. That's his I think floor. he's okay. going to be. His, I think he's going to be like floor, right around ceiling? top ten, top twelve. Like I, I don't see him being in the top ten. Maybe like right around tenth. That's kind of where I'm putting it ceiling, and then anything above that, I suppose, is gravy. Okay, just, so coming into the season, gonna let, take me, let some, me just do. Yeah, let me do and a little, coming uh, off the injury too. That's that's never easy. Okay, let me force you to take to, to choose then between between Garoppolo and a couple other guys who he's kind of in the same tier with. Okay, you tell me who you want between these guys. Ooh, again, <clears throat> Garoppolo or Matt Stafford? Are we talking just this season or long term? Just starting this season. Like you, easy, like, yeah. like like you have just an easy starting swap. this season. Starting this season. Who you have you have the opportunity to make a well, clean I, swap. I take Stafford's experience for sure. Okay, so you're swapping Garoppolo for Stafford. Okay, how about yeah. uh, Garoppolo for Trubisky? <sighs> Probably Garoppolo a little higher ceiling. Okay, how about Garoppolo for Kirk Cousins? <sighs> I mean, that's not a fair one because I hate that guy right now. <laughs> but. Uh, I mean, I've never seen Kirk Cousins have like a super high ceiling season yet. I don't know. I with with the receivers he had and the season that they had, maybe give me Garoppolo there. Okay. Uh, how about uh, Garoppolo for Dak Prescott? Oh, Garoppolo. Okay. How about uh, Garoppolo for Wentz? Wentz. Okay. Wentz is ceiling way higher. Okay. Uh, Garoppolo for Jared Goff. No, give me Garoppolo. Oh man, okay, okay. We so just we... shit all over Goff. <laughs> so it sounds like I mean we're not going to go. I'm not going to go through all the AFC guys, but it sounds like we have Garoppolo kind of in like the the twelve, like 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 the eleven to fourteen range. Yeah, 12, much, 12, right? 12 to fifteen, somewhere in there. You're not taking. And, and you're, not, you're, not be take, you're not taking Garoppolo over Breeze. You're not taking him over Ryan. You're not taking oh, him Lord, over. No. Russell Wilson, you're not, no, not for a one over, season. You're not taking him over like Aaron Rodgers. You're not taking him over Brady. You're not taking him over Mahomes or Philip Rivers, probably or Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, okay, all right. So he's, so he's probably right, like twelve to fifteen, actually. Then okay, um, that sounds about right. I think, and I think that's a reasonable expectation. Yeah. We just need to see sixteen games from this motherfucker. Like, just play, dude. Um, uh, okay, so defensive side of the ball, they had a clear 
weakness in their coverage. It was horrible last year. They had you even if they even if they were playing well in a game, even if they had a lead, they were going to give it up because they could not stop the pass to save their lives. What do they do? That was injury based too. It was injury based too, but what did they do to address a those lot needs? of it? They bring in D Ford <laughs> and they draft Nick Bosa. They bring in two pass yep. rushers. So the they're going to John, John Lynch. You would think John Lynch, a guy who knew how important it was to have a dynamic backfield. I mean, a cornerbacks, defensive backfield. He knew. And yet he has loaded himself up with talent on the rushing side of the football Will this work in today's NFL? Because I am skeptical. I still feel like this defense I think is going to give I up think points. It's faith. I think it's faith in Verrett and Sherman to, oh, to stay Sherman. healthy because they're good players. I, oh, Sherman was Sherman was had. I mean, I I still think he can play. Okay. Achilles was rough. Verrett was beat. I mean, Verrett's been beat up for half Forever. a decade now. He had an Achilles too. He had an ACL. Honestly, if he if he and Sherman can play at league average, and you bring in yeah D Ford and Bosa, and they're they're coming hard off the edge, it might be an okay defense. But yeah, I mean that fourth most injured thing I brought up at the beginning. I mean everyone wants to concentrate on oh Garoppolo got hurt. A lot of players got hurt. Yeah, I mean this right. is just San Diego North. It was it was pretty rough across the board. Tons of players on both sides of the ball got hurt. And, yeah, it, if Rhett and Sherman stay healthy and the experiment works on the D-line, I think the defense could be good, not great. Okay. They got that, – that, that, that backfield still spooks me, man. Their safeties are pretty poor. They're, they're, oh, their safeties are rough right now, too. Yeah. I, they, they, need, uh, they need somebody to surprise, uh, and I'm not sure who it is. And I don't know why they didn't invest – Hire freaking draft capital to address those positions. I mean, I know they needed a tackle last year and they drafted McGlinchey, but imagine like a guy like Derwin James on this team. Like he would completely change the complexion of their defensive backfield. So uh, it's a it's it's a bummer, but we'll they see. They took a corner in the draft. Did they? Like the sixth round. Do we have any idea if he's doing yeah, anything? Late, 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 late. Oh, late, so late. never. No, 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 I don't. Not so. talented enough. To they do drafted a punter. <laughs> See, this is why I'm worried about the John Lynch era. This is John Lynch era is spooky, man, uh, and it's a bummer that he's yeah you know, that Kyle Shanahan, who I have affinity for as a future coach in this league, is potentially gotten paired with a guy who doesn't know how to construct a sure. roster. I forgot to um, mention. I forgot to mention Debo Samuel. They drafted yeah, him and Jalen Hurd. Couple yeah, of they, couple of projects at wideout like that. That could. That could pan out, but Christ, that whole wide receiver core, super young. Super, super, super unexperienced. Yep, 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 yep. The yep. only guy with the experience is Jordan Matthews, and I don't have a lot of love for him, but whatever. Um, so let's talk about then the um, the percent likelihood that they win the AFC, I mean, NFC West. Zero percent chance they win the AFC. <laughs> the um, percent chance they win the AFC West implied by the odds is a little bit under 20%. I am getting, I am getting closer to thirty percent. Am I too bullish on this team's chances? Because you are. Who 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 has that percentage that I'm missing? The Rams really do. The Rams are higher than forty because I'm looking at about I'm looking at uh, forty, thirty, twenty-five, and five roughly. 
I'm rounding to the nearest 5% for, for the sake of this conversation. Uh, I'm looking at 30% chance for the, for the, um, the Niners to take, take this division. Uh, does, do, am I over, over, uh, overly cool on the Rams underly, uh, underly, uh, I mean, I'm missing something obvious about these Niners or is there value in four to one on the Niners to win the West? Maybe one. Well, also, here's a here's a just little exercise. Let's say you're adding up the probabilities that they should win. Yeah. Do you want to add to a hundred when you're comparing against a betting market with a hold? Well, I <laughs> like, do. Should for, we actually well, be betting? To know. To, yeah. yeah, I know, I know. To for know, probability, yeah. probability should add up to a hundred, but should we actually be adding up to a hundred? So, I'm gonna say like, Ram, you know, I still want to make the Rams a favorite, but I'm gonna drop it down to like thirty five percent. And then probably Seattle and Seattle and San Francisco at like twenty five, and then okay. I, I still it's silly to give the Cardinals a chance at all, but you just never know if like this could be a shock the world kind of thing where they're going to come out in ten personnel eighty percent of the time and and just screw up the rest of the defenses for a better part of the season, and all of a sudden the Cardinals are good. So I'd give the Cardinals 10%, and I think that adds up to 95%, and I'm going to stick by that. Because <laughs> there's well, a hole. If we're gonna if we're gonna hit if we're gonna hit your percentages with the with the full Kelly, you got a hell of a lot on the Cardinals. Um, sorry about that, buddy. Um, the uh, yeah, I still won't let him. <laughs> uh, the I, okay, so I, I guess. Do we stick then? Oh, you know, we'll talk about the Cardinals in a second. I think there's some betting angles to be hashed out there. Uh, and the Cardinals are a fascinating discussion, but it is one million billion percent speculative. Um, I have a prop stop, then for you. Okay, okay. Stop. But stopping here, like, is the right angle here just Rams do not make the playoffs and then come back on the West at some point this season? Just end it there. Like that is the plus yes. CV move. Okay. So don't yeah. get don't get. I, super, I want you to run that, yeah, this way. Good. All right, this was just me using the search function on a book, looking for a few different lines on a certain team in the division, and I stumbled upon the, a bunch of matchups they had versus random teams, and I didn't see how many of the other ones were in division, but some of them were cross-division, even cross-conference. But they have the Seattle Seahawks regular season wins versus the Niners regular season wins Ooh. with Seattle minus one-half, minus oh five. Oh, so see, this is, the Niners, oh, this is great. Plus a half, yeah, minus what? You're, minus 115? Yeah, plus a half, minus 125. It's a, it's a heavier hold because it's a stupid little prop market. <laughs> but you can get the Niners plus yeah, a half like game like on that. Seattle. Like, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about this because I, I, see, I see the Niners. They're expected to win. Let's talk about their win total. It opened at eight. It's, that's a four-game swing from the, their previous season's results they went four and 12 they're expected to go at eight and eight no other team has an adjustment based on last year's results that is greater than four this is this this is the biggest uh and it's reasonable because they underachieved by their pythag last year on top of losing their quarterback so fine fine baseline expectation eight and eight this season i think all of my ways of breaking down the schedule all of my ways of evaluating their metrics eight and eight is a reasonable baseline for me as well i have their ceiling around 10 and mm -hmm. six i have their floor at six and ten seven and nine depending on where you want to put your percentile for making a floor uh and 
I would put the Seahawks floor lower than that. I think there are more likelihood, more examples of more uncertainty about the Seahawks as far as, you know, what their defensive composition looks like and how they, you know, how they choose, you know, how they can win games, even though the Seahawks have more stability at a better quarterback and they have truer home field advantage than the Niners. I still think the Niners have a higher ceiling than a higher floor than the Seahawks do. So I, I, I like that look a lot, but I don't really want to wait minus minus one twenty five <laughs> for a full season. There's better ways. I feel like we can attack this. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at ways to like Dutch the two regular season win totals to do something with this. I'm going to, I'm going to play with this a little. Okay. Well, let's uh, so, so then um, I guess, I don't really have any thoughts on the Niners schedule. It looks tough uh, on paper, but there's not as many disadvantaged spots as we've talked about for some of the other teams. Um, the one kind of bummer spot is they have to play at the Rams on uh, on after the Rams get extra rest coming off of Thursday night football and the Niners are going to have short rest coming off of Monday night football against the Browns. That's a tough spot for them. I wish they had a better uh, a better situational angle that time that they were playing the Rams, but in their rematch against the Rams week 16, which could potentially decide the division uh, it's at home in San Francisco and the Rams will have, are coming off of uh, travel previously traveled to Dallas. And it's really, it's the Rams third road game in four weeks. So, Hopefully we get a little bit of an underperformance out of them in that spot and uh, gives the gives the Niners a, a chance to steal the division. Nine and seven. I think gets it done. Um, any final thoughts before we move on to the out to the desert? No, I think I think you said it right. This is these are super hard to predict. I mean, you can do some math with distributions if you know smart people in the industry. We can help you out with that sort of thing. But a lot of this is just guesswork. And I like how you phrased it. When you're doing some of the guesswork, we're setting ceilings and floors. And I, I would agree with you. And I like the way it, got, it gets um, phrased there as far as Seattle ceiling and their floor being lower than San Francisco's floor. And I agree, too. I think there's just there's more trouble spots there. I think San Francisco's floor is around, I mean, seven at the at the, at the minimum. Probably an 8-8 eight, eight team with uh, some upside. Yeah, their schedule is a little bit tougher. Um, where let their their alternate, um, you know, their uh, because the San Francisco has a third place schedule, they get to play the Redskins and the oh the Packers. That's not that great then. They get the Redskins and the Packers, where Seattle gets Minnesota and uh, and Philly. Um, so yeah, not not a terrible huge advantage there, but. A little bit of one. The situational, the situational um, hit, situational hits are worse for Seattle than they are for San Francisco. Other in my uh, in my subjective opinion. Um, okay, Arizona Cardinals. Not this much to talk go, about here. <laughs> this just, team could go. Yeah. This team could go one in fifteen. They could go eight and eight. Uh, it is one of the broader um, potential outcomes of any team in the in the NFL because I have no idea if what the broadest. Cliff, for me what it's is, the broadest. It's the broadest. Okay. 
I have no idea if Kyler Murray is going to be able to step into the role of starting quarterback in the NFL and light the world on fire, or if he is going to have an enormous task catching up to the league with the talent that's around him. Um, Cliff Kingsbury's system on paper in concept is a system that I am excited about. Uh, In theory, this should be something that challenges and, and really uh, catches the league by surprise a little bit. We talked about it when we talked to Kevin, you know, Kevin Cole from pro football focus. I feel like any disruption for the NFL generally has positive outcome, especially early because so much of the way that the NFL is, is we've always done it that way. And so you bring anything new to the table and you're going to immediately find some, you know, some positive result from it. They'll look no further than Chip Kelly. Like his system was not good long-term, but the first year it was in the league, it surprised the shit out of people and it won them a ton of games in Philadelphia, right? Like just anything different tends to have a positive uh, impact. And so being a little bit bullish on the Cardinals is fine. If that's where you are, I think that I'm kind of there too, but expecting them to win more than five and a half games is an awful lot to ask That's... given given their schedule is extremely <sighs> tough it's not given easy. that it's not easy schedule and it is not a good roster they have lots of holes their offensive line was like all-time bad last year they've made some improvements and some got brought in some new want, pieces got, that i'm kind of excited about yeah hit me with that because it was bad last year like it the was offensive... I mean, like by the first week of December, all five of Arizona's preseason starters had been placed on the IR or released. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and it and the, I mean, so oh I do want to. This is why I have such a big range, because I agree with everything you said, and I I do a little cold water. I would I would uh, I would like you to read the the chapter in Football Outsiders on the Cardinals because they do touch on the. It's one of them. They they do touch on the uh, not Andy Reid, the Chip Kelly thing, and uh, some of it maybe not being completely him. But I still, even with that, I still oh, okay. will agree that okay. anything anything outside the box is is inherently probably plus EV. And I think that they could be a wild time down in the desert if it if it pays off. And I did want to touch on something that uh, our friend Adam Chernoff, who we're going to talk to later this week, he really phrased this well. So. I'm going to quote directly out of the stuff he sent us because I think there is some just you don't see it in the NFL, the air raid offense. And if you don't you watch don't. much college and you just hear air raid, you, you think air raided. I mean, it sounds, I think of it sounds like uh, throwing bombs this, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Air raid. <laughs> fry. I, but uh, I mean, they, or the run. So, and he phrases yeah. it like this. It's a shot court. I mean, a lot of people think it's it's chucking the ball, chucking it deep, but actually then the way Adam phrased it, shotgun formation where the QB plays with four wide receivers and typically attempts passes 75% of the time. But unlike what the name suggests, the offensive scheme relies on quick short passes and runs almost exclusively out of the no huddle. So it is it is a lot of short passing. And, I mean, the biggest part of that to me is the four wide receiver thing. And, I mean, you have to have four wide receivers that can play a lot, a lot of snaps. Because that's uh, like, the, you know, the personnel groupings, you call it 10 personnel, 1-0, because you have one run back and just no tight ends there. You're going four wide outs. 
all the time. So this is used in the NFL across the league. People use 10 personnel, but they only use it 2% of the time. Kingsbury at Texas Tech used it 60% of the time. So it really goes to, to what you're saying as far as throwing a wrench at defensive coordinators, using the 10 personnel at 30 times the – I mean, just the – the power of magnitude there from 2% to 60% is a lot, but you're going to have to have somebody like uh, Hakeem Butler playing a huge role because you need four receivers on the field a ton. So there, it's a lot of, you know, ifs and buts, candies and nuts here. Like it could be crazy wild just because D coordinators can't handle this kind of thing because they'd never scheme for this sort of thing. <sighs> We but at think the same it, time, you are putting a lot of pressure on a young quarterback, yeah, some inexperienced receivers, and a horseshit offensive line that has a ton. I mean, we talked about the stat I gave. That could, that could come true again. Like that, they are all injury risks across the whole offensive line. So, it's uh, this is the absolute definition of boomer bust. Yeah. Uh, and I would even go so far as to say <laughs> they the, the 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 entirety of their fortune boils down to how quickly Kyler Murray gets it, right? Oh, for like, sure. If he gets yeah. it, if he gets it quickly, they're going to be a nightmare to defend, and they're going to put up bonkers stats, and it's going to be cool to watch. I can't wait to watch it. Um, I, I kind of hope for, I'm kind of hoping for it <laughs> to at least did. have some degree of success because it, it'll be fun. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, they got, they, the, the one guy they brought in at right tackle. I like from Pittsburgh, Marcus Gilbert. That was a pretty decent addition, but you're, but you're right. Like I heard there was some, some funny conversations in the off season leading up to the draft. Like should Kyler Murray, like, try to leverage his way out of getting picked by Arizona so he doesn't have to play behind that offensive line. And it was like a real question, yeah. right? And you know, and but, Marcus Gilbert in it is injured already. Is he really? Like oh, he pulled shit. his groin. Yeah, he pulled his groin the other day. Oh, I which I, I don't think it's super okay. – but it just – like everybody is an injury risk across that line. So that they got to get the Suns. They got to get and the, the other staff, staff in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and boy, you, you nailed it on the head bigger than Texas there. He has to get it because it's so much on him. We talk about, you know, I said you need four receivers to understand the system because they're going to play a shitload of snaps. He has to be making so many calls at the line. And, I mean, he has to get the system down pat. Otherwise, it's going to be a disaster. If he can't read if he can't read what he should be doing, I think, I mean, you audible like 80% of the time. Yeah. It's, it's super dependent on the quarterback reading what's going on, making the quick read because, you know, you know, it's called air raid. And again, another maybe part of it being a little bit of a misnomer, you you still will run out of it quite a bit because there's going to be four receivers in the field and it's just quick math and reading what the defense is doing. You check down to a run anytime it's plus EV. Like anytime it's just, well, we have an advantage to run the ball right here. We're going to run the ball right here. Like, there's still a ton of decisions to be made by the quarterback Absolutely. every time he steps up to the line. So it's yep. it's going to be a lot of weight on that young man's head this year. 
Yep. Defense, I don't really care about their defense. I don't think it's going to be good. Patrick Peterson missing a bunch of games for drug suspension is obviously bad. Yeah, good. Uh, bet on the overs on this team early in the season probably because of that. But uh, but there are two key looks that I want to talk about here. I don't really care for their win total. I think it's been bet up too high as it is. Uh, very realistic to mm-hmm. think that they could go 3-13 and 13 while all of this is being hashed out. I don't like their GM. I think Kime should have been let go. I think he made some pretty questionable decisions in the draft even you know the last year's draft taking rosen was obviously an enormous disaster uh and then you know this year after uh, after getting um uh after getting murray i wasn't in love with some of the decisions that they made but that's all beside the point uh let's talk real quick kyler murray passing yards over the position we stumped for with siege on the fantasy pod uh that's getting bet the hell up Let's beat our chest a little bit for a low limit profit of five dimes getting getting hit hard in the direction we were advocating for. We're gonna get some nice what was value it that on that. Uh, minus one fifteen. It is now minus one forty five. Over three thousand nice. three hundred and seventy five. I think actually I gotta go check my uh my ticket. It might have the the yardage might have gone up also. I think the yardage went up too. I it, was it was 30, like 32, I think I had 32 I think I had 3299. I know I'm, I'm almost sure I have 3299 at minus 115. I'm going to have to go double check that. But uh we were on the right side. We were ahead uh, that's only a week old. We were talking to Siege this time last week. So we've already got a winner for in our pocket uh for the uh for the NFL regular season props having nailed that puppy. Uh but talk to me about David Johnson receiving yard props game by game this regular season. They're going to be underinflated because he had poor receiving yard stats last year. Their offense was a disaster last year the way they utilized Johnson. His he is the greatest uh he is one of the greatest talents in space. If you get him the ball with the opportunity to make guys miss on the flanks, he is going to pick up yards in gashes and they did not utilize him in that way last year. They utilized him in a stupid power formation nonsense, garbage rushing, and and did not set him up yeah. to succeed. It was how do you feel about that? Right, it was awful. It was awful, awful, awful. I it didn't hurt me personally or financially or from a fantasy perspective, but it was. Oh, but it to, sucks to see a great to talent like that be used sucks. that way. Sucks. Um, do you remember how many yards he had receiving in 2016? It was in, it was just I mean, he, sick. It was sick. He was so good. And I honestly eight seventy nine. Is that what it was? Oh dude. Like that's I, that's not that's yeah. like a that's like a wide receiver too. Oh my god, it's so good. So okay, so single in game you know, single game opportunities to back him receiving yards and re- and receptions is going to be lucrative as I can or think of any props they are going they're just fundamentally they're going to line them too low for the first four or five weeks of the season because it's going to be based on you know averages that are influenced by last year which are just completely and totally useless for how he will be utilized in his roles and how he will be placed in space in this offense i cannot wait to see it uh and i'm very looking forward to uh to hammering some of those opportunities uh i don't think there's any value in his rushing total Right now, his rushing total prop is sitting right at about a thousand. Um, that's going to be tough to make because I don't see this offense necessarily having much 
much success at all on the ground. Uh, and other than Kyler Murray probably racking up what 400, 500 yards rushing himself. Um, you see his? What was he his number? Prop like three, three hundred. Is it like his rushing yard prop is four, four fifty five? Whoa! Seems a touch Whoa. high. Whoa! Because I high. don't think they're. I don't think they're going to be encouraging. You know, just leaving the pocket. In, and that that is a knock on him that he leaves the pocket too quick. And I think they're actually working on that. So I don't know how many designed runs. That'll be something to monitor. Maybe follow the Cardinals a little closer through the preseason, see what kind of playbook they're installing. And it sucks too because I just I say that, and at the same time, I mean, he's already said they're not going to show a lot in the preseason. Oh damn! I was just going to ask you because NFL Network tomorrow night has uh, Cardinals Chargers. I was really hoping we would get to see some Kyler Murray. They're not going to give us a, a give us a little taste. No, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm just I'm just saying they're they're not going to show a lot of the offense is what I'm hearing. Damn, like they they don't want to give away the good surprise. Okay, well we'll be surprised. So, yeah, I'm probably I'm probably out on the regular the regular season win total. I'm I'm out on most of the props here. If I had to do anything, I I like your angle there on David Johnson. Maybe receptions over, receiving yards over, maybe game just by uh, game spots. Uh, yeah. Uh, Game, game by game spots when you when when you have some maybe some positions against some worse or uh, passing defenses. Yep, 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 yep. Awesome, man. Uh, well, let's put a bow on this. Um, I don't know. Do you have an official prediction for this division? I kind of don't. <laughs> like I was okay, kind of throwing my thoughts out there on the AFC South because they were fully formed and I feel like they're not going to change very much. But uh, I think my my strategy here, I don't, okay, fair to say, we do not think that there is a Super Bowl contender out of this group of four. I mean, I could still see the Rams being a very good team. They got to win. They got to get a one or two seed, though, to do it. This Rams team yes, is not no, winning. Just, well, oh, I talked about that. Wild, they're splits. not winning a wild card. Yeah. They're not winning a wild card game at home in LA, and then going no. to Philadelphia and winning, or going to Green Bay or Chicago or Minnesota and winning, or going to Atlanta or New Orleans and winning. Like, they, like they're not going back to back divisional round, NFC Championship round, and getting two W's on the road. Not the way that Sean McVay coached last year. Not the way that Jared Goff plays quarterback. I, I just, I'm not counting the Rams as, as contenders this year. I'm gonna not put it the close. Not in the NFC. Not like, in the NFC, and not in the Super Bowl. They would just, they ha- they would have to win 11. Yeah. 12 oh no, I, I have no, I have no interest in getting they, they, they would need a buy. They would need home field advantage in the divisional round to have a legit shot, and I just don't see it. I don't see them getting to no, 10 No, I think the only, props, the only props I like is that maybe Rams don't make the playoffs. Uh, you can get, If you're a Niners believer, you can get Niners to just make the playoffs, plus 220. If you're worried about the Rams or Seahawks nabbing the division, but you still think the Niners will overperform, get 9-10 wins, plus 220 to make the playoffs isn't a terrible look. I don't mind that. Uh, there's a fun one. It's juice to all piss, but they have Joey Bosa versus Nick Bosa. Total sack. <laughs> oh, that's but interesting. It's, it's Joey like mine. It's Joey minus two fifty. Did uh, minus Nick, does Nick have to start week uh, one? Nick. Yes, yeah, both players must start week one. So that one might already be in in jeopardy. Uh, Jimmy G MVP. Yeah. What if neither player starts week one? <laughs> <laughs> they should honor it then. But, uh, Nick Bosa's <laughs> sack total is set at eight and a half. 
Um, mm. I mean, I would be, I'd be less bullish on that if they he didn't have someone across from him. But he's going to have a a nice uh, partner yeah, on the other side and, of the D line yeah, where yeah. where you, you can't you can't just concentrate De- him still. He's, yeah, he's DeForest Buckner is not, a good defense. Not like he's going to come in and get fifteen. Yeah, stat, yeah. right. Their well, I don't mind is, that at their all. Their line is stacked. Their line is stacked. The problem is they For can't sure. cover anyone. <laughs> if they had one good cover corner, I would be like. Uh, yeah, I would be, I would be like banging the drum for four to one for the Niners to win the West, but that's it's just a, it's a, such a liability in today's NFL. All right, well, uh, I think we got the plan down. Uh, we're expecting the Rams to be the most likely winner, although the market is completely out of whack in terms of their price to win the West. So the plan is let them struggle early, let the hangover, you know, bet. Bet to miss the playoffs at plus 270. Let them struggle early. Let the hangover narrative take root uh, and then come back and get uh, get some ramps to win the West at a, at a deflated price, 3-1, to 4-1, to one, something like that, after they start 1-3, and 0-4, oh something like that. Does that sound like a plan? I dig it. All right, man. Let's put a, let's put a, put a bow on it. All right. Another good one. We'll be back with two more next week. Uh, in the meantime, we will give you an absolutely fascinating interview with uh, Adam Chernoff tomorrow, talking uh, all things NFL market related, talking about actionable items that he's sussed out in his research for this NFL season. Uh, it's going to be a great conversation. Cannot wait to get after it. And then, uh, yeah, bonus three pods this week. Look at us, man. Look at us. We're here for the people. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, you're welcome. All right, man. Best of luck.